I'll probably be paying about £1,800 a month more than what I'm paying today. That's a big <sighs> amount of money. We're, we're sort of in a month-to-month -month outlook on things now. We can't predict what's going to happen in six months, 12 months. Anywhere in a suburban market is still a seller's market because a far higher percentage is under offer than available. Ladies and gents, welcome to Friday the 7th and the Investors Corner podcast. Newly branded, same hosts, and let's get stuck into today. We wanted to have a conversation overall just about the market, really, more than anything. We haven't got a guest on because we didn't want an agenda behind the topic. We just think that as we've got a good 50 years worth of property experience between us in this room, maybe more, but that would be showing age. <laughs> let's talk about what's going on. We've got inflation sticking economic kind of behavior analysis people that I jumped on a webinar with on Monday saying their take. I spoke to a mortgage advisor today that had a representative of the Bank of England at a face-to-face -face event yesterday. He's got his take. You've got the media's view. We had record month last month on sales for invoices raised, but clearly interest rates have absolutely hiked. And even some people are saying that buy-to-let rates won't even be available in 18 months if you go look on social media. Some people are saying literally there will not be a buy-to-let mortgage available inside the next 18 months. So there's a lot of different corners of conversation going on at the moment. So let's, first of all, let's talk to investors and landlords about where the rental market is, because that's the most relevant place that we can discuss. So if you're a landlord or you want to be a landlord, what's going on with demand? What's going on with prices? And do they relate at all to the interest rates? Because you are going to have to pay more on your mortgage if you're a new landlord or if you're coming to remortgage. So how are you finding that at the moment, Andy, with general tenant demand and prices? What's going on there? Yeah, so tenant tenant demand's at sort of an all-time high, really, especially as we're coming into um, sort of the summer months where sort of demand really increases by about 40%. So you've got the tenant demand there. Now, what's affecting that is is sort of the supply. Why, why does that happen in the summer months? Why does it go up? I think more and more people are looking to move in the summer. More and more people coming from overseas. You've obviously got student lets as well wanting to get into a rented property before uh, before September. Um, and it's just always been the case where you've just seen a, a massive increase in in, in these months. So, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a number of things. Like I said, overseas people, people... Um, obviously coming to the end of their tenancies and landlords might have a, a different outlook on what they want to do with that property. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a number of factors, but yeah, like I said, 40% increase in, in, in demand and, and unfortunately the supply isn't matching that, which has an effect on the rental prices. Because we spoke about recently and we're about, it's probably more like three in one landlords have been selling. Yeah. We look at it a 12 month rolling. You know, there's there's more landlords selling than buying at the moment. Yeah. And tenancies, the average length of tenancies is increasing. So tenants are staying longer, more landlords are selling, there's less available. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who is in rented and he wants to get out of rented and buy somewhere. Mm. So he's going to sell a property that he's got out of area because he changed out of area, he did let to let effectively, let his property. So he now needs to sell his property. But the reason why he wants to is the landlord's been a nightmare for three years. And he's finally had enough. And he said, look, the brick walls in the garden are crumbling and falling down. Mm. He's got two young kids. So he said, you know, I've gone to the landlord and said they need fixing. The landlord won't pay to fix anything. He won't do anything. The letting agent won't help. 
So in the end, he said, well, I'm going to stop paying rent unless X, Y, and Z are done. And we're talking things that should be done yeah. here. And the tenant and the landlord turned around to him and said, I'll just give you two months notice and get a tenant in for £300 more a month. Yeah. And that was it. That was as simple as that. Now, the, I know there's legalities behind yeah. that, but he's still got a family. And if he moves out of that rental property, he doesn't think he'll find anywhere, which is... Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's likely yeah. because there's 50, 60 inquiries for every house. And... He's going to face an inflated cost of, of moving. You know, if he's paying fifteen hundred where he is, he's probably paying eighteen hundred for his next house. Yeah, mm-hmm. for something the same. Yeah. Maybe a better landlord. Yes, but at the same time, still eating into his deposit for inevitability, the property he wants to buy. So it's really tough out there, isn't it, for tenants at the moment, and good landlords as well. I would say because, well, I guess good landlords are the one that they've got a little bit element of control here because they can really price. I guess with the level of demand, they can price themselves over market value yeah. and almost take the piss a little bit because you could afford to do that. Or you could do the right thing, find a really good tenant, lock in for hopefully, you know, three, four, five year longevity with that tenant, do the right thing on rent increases and have a good relationship with them. I know you bark on a lot about that a lot. That relationship comes first. Obviously, you've got to have to be able to cover your costs because you can't run things at a loss. But the majority of landlords I'm seeing, fortunately, are fixed in to lower interest rates. So they're not passing on increases for the sake of it to tenants. Mm-hmm. So if they've got three more years to run on a on a fixed five-year mortgage, they're not going to re... They'll just put the normal increases. They won't suddenly go, oh, well, next door rented for 200 mm-hmm. more, so I'm going to stick 200 on it just to penalise you. They don't see the need to because there it's not costing them anymore. So why should they pass on any of the cost to the tenant? Is is what I'm seeing on a, on a normal basis for landlords. We'll see how that washes out over the next two years, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. I guess the question a lot of people have when I mention about the demand of tenants, they always go, "Well, that's going to change because of cost of living crisis." But it hasn't changed. No. It isn't going to change. It can't change because people need somewhere they to live. They need yeah. somewhere to live, so they're having to pay it. Yeah. A school mum um, where where my little ones go to school, she's been looking for three months. You guys know she's been looking for a, a two-bed flat to rent. She's in a two-bed house at the moment, landlord selling. She's paying, I think she's paying twelve fifty for a two-bed house in Croatford. So it's, it is cheap. She's yeah. been in there a good few years. They've got a budget of up to thirteen fifty. They know they're going to have to go from a from a house to a flat. She's just found somewhere. It's a three-bedroom terrace, but she's having to pay sixteen fifty. It's four hundred quid over, ideally, where they wanted to be. But they they have to. Mm. They have to, or they'll be homeless with two kids. Like yeah. they they have to do that mm-hmm. and make it work somehow with all of the extras. But that's the the world we're in. The other element from the webinar I was on um, with a chap called Roger Martin Fag, who used to work for. Um, the government and he kind of forecasts from behaviors and economics what's going on one thing that he said is all of these costs that people are talking about what people are not discussing is the fact that wages are drastically climbing at the moment because there's a huge void of jobs as well Mm. and there's currently somewhere in the region of over 1.1 million uh, 1.1 million job voids and then he looks at the age brackets of how we're looking like for the next three, five, six, and eight years. And there's a huge problem there because of the 
um, that dent in the kind of age bracket of where people are available for that level of supply. So we're effectively going to be really short of labor for quite a period of time because of the age brackets of where people just sort of stopped having kids at a certain age, um, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago. It just it, There's just an indent in the in what's happening there. And because of Brexit, we've now got less immigrants coming in to reside in the UK with the ability to do so, which means that supply issue is still staying there. So what people are not discussing is, yes, tenants are having to pay more, but tenants are also earning more <laughs> because they're getting paid better. So there's also an element of a huge gap of equity in savings, which again, he's got the reports, I haven't, but they come directly from HMRC. And we are 10x as a, as a country at the moment where we would have had saving levels in comparison to pre-COVID. So um, so people have 10 times the savings. Ten, there been. is 10 times more money in the that. economy wow. saved yeah. than what there was pre-COVID. Some interest been paying out right now then. <laughs> Finally. So these are the things when we talk about money and we talk about the cost, you have to talk about profit and loss, don't you? Yep. Business. Yeah. I'll just talk yeah. about, oh, there's a cost issue. Well, if you're earning more money yep. as a business, you're making more profit. Not yeah. saying everyone's making more profit, but if the turnover level is going up from an income, household income point of view, that's why we're still seeing demand and tenants being able to pay over the prices. So that's one place we've got to talk about. I guess the next question is, no one knows the answer to this, but base rate has gone up again. Talk is going to go up further. Interest rates at the start of every month are increasing. Uh, they're constantly going up at the moment. I think you're looking at 6% something if you're going to get a mortgage at the moment. Yeah. And the chances are in the next nine months, that could be eight, you know, at that rate. If it carries on at that rate and if the, the Bank of England base rate goes up another percent, percent and a half, then we could see interest rates at 8% something. So I guess we don't know the answer to this, but if that was to happen, what does that do to investors? What do we think happens to landlords and investors at that point? Is it enough to force more sales will people see it as an opportunity because buyer demand when buyer demand is lower more opportunities are available you know bite the bullet for two three years on a high interest rate but save yourself 20 30 40 grand on on an investment i don't know the answer i'm just throwing them on the table but what do you think what do you think mike every sword has two edges right um i've seen an uptick in investors selling and i've also seen a small uptick in auction sales and repossessions which are absolutely minimal way way down on 2008 like when i'm talking about an uptick in repossessions it's a handful across the south not not swathes of them but those repossessions i'm seeing quite often have tenants in situ mm -hmm. and i'm thinking that's because people have taken a buy to let mortgage super cheap or a or a residential mortgage super cheap naffed off overseas with a tenant in situ, been caught out by their mortgage lender, and now their mortgage lender's pulled the plug on them because they're not going to allow it anymore. The one thing that I do see is a, a long-term investor will have massive equity or even own a property outright rather than mortgaged. So I don't think it affects a huge majority of buy-to-let landlords in the southeast because they're super equity rich not like first time buyers on help to buy mortgages mm. potentially those who are accidental landlords who have just held on to a property 
because they could or because they had a change of circumstance like a work relocation will turn around and go this isn't worth holding anymore i'm going to get rid now um because i'm not going to run it at a loss it's a waste of time running it at a loss unless the housing market's going up 20 percent a year mm -hmm. so i think there's a double-edged sword i think if you're into buy to let for the long term there's a good chance you own that property outright there's a lot of I hear all loads about leveraging and gearing and buying more and this, that and the other. But I know the majority of landlords own one, two, three houses and the ones I speak to just own them. So they wait until they've got cash and then just buy rather than buying with a 25% deposit. Because it's been years since you've been able to buy a decent buy-to-let with a 25% deposit and it actually check out yeah. without having to top slice or do something creative. So people are putting 40, 50% down minimum. And then, like you say, they've got 10 times the savings yep. in the bank. So I reckon a load of people will clear mortgages. If you're in your 50s and you've got to buy a select, you'll probably just draw the money out and clear the mortgage. Yeah, there's your, there's your bit of income yeah. for, for retirement planning, mm. basically. Yeah, it's, it's a hard one, isn't it? I guess people are starting to see a little bit more money in their savings now. You know, we had that conversation two years ago when the base rate was 0. 0.25. People were obviously earning like a packet of crisps worth of value a month on their yeah, massive yeah. savings pots, but now there's a little bit being made. Yeah. Some of the long-term, you know, we're talking investments in general, but some of the long-term investments, if, you, if you're prepared to put 50 grand in an account, not touch it for a year, you make some all right money out yeah. at the moment. Yeah. But... Is it a long? Is it a long game? Is it just a good return for a year? That's, a, that, that's a let's see what happens. Yeah. yeah, situation isn't it? You put it in a bond for a year, see what happens. Yeah, make three and or then, five grand to happy days, or yeah. you could potentially strike and take advantage of of the market if there was to be a further drop, correction, or whatever. But then the data for us would say not because we sold. An outrageous amount of properties you know one of our best months on record as an estate agency last month in terms of sales agreed talk to agents you know in the first seven days of this month already in july even with everything going on and they're still running out of stock even the sales agents you know yeah. they're still running yeah. out of stock so you saw the same graphic that i did this morning that yeah. any, anywhere in a suburban market is still a seller's market because a far higher percentage is under offer than available. We've got almost twice as many properties under offer than available at the moment within our within our agency. So it's still technically a seller's market. That changes when you hit the coast, where a lot of people may again may have bought second homes when interest rates were yeah. less than a yeah, less than a percent and thought I can afford a place on the coast through COVID. This is a brilliant idea. Holiday home. We'll go there a few times a year, maybe rent it to the family this that and the other who are now getting to remortgage point and going uh oh oh dear this yeah. this wasn't a good idea let's get out again yeah but yeah that's that's where we are at the moment yeah it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a month by month kind of play at the moment isn't mm. there mortgage rates are changing monthly the demand for buyers and for tenants still seems very high supply for properties coming for sale it's still, it's okay. It's not like high. It's yeah. just 18, 19, 2018, 19 levels. It's not, they're not crazy high stocks. It's vanilla, isn't it? Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's, it's not 
crazy either way. It's just not, I was talking to a broker before we jumped on here a couple of hours ago, and he's actually actively looking to buy at the moment. Got quite a wide area, but really struggling still to find somewhere, see something new come available. And same old stuff sitting there where you think you've got sellers that are um, naive about their pricing or they've got a really poor agent on marketing, but typically it's the pricing 70%, the agent 30. Mm. Um, And other than that, they're just changing hands a little bit or a couple of reductions here and there. But in actual new stock for what he's looking for, just, just nothing really available. But every estate agent he talks to seem to be having a very buoyant month. And I know agents sometimes fluff it up a little bit, but mm. the data doesn't lie. You know, we looked on on a Zoom call with all of the group on Monday and we were running data for the South of England and it's still over 64% as an average statistic of properties coming for sale and going sold. Anything over 50% is a really positive market. We're at 64% as an average of estate agents in the South of England. You know, that's quite a positive number, really. One in two is is decent, but that's much higher. So, yeah, very, very interesting. I think we've got to do more of these conversations on this um, podcast. And what we really want to get from this is what are the questions that our listeners have got as well? Yeah. If you're listening, if you're subscribed, thank you. Keep subscribing. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. People, that seems to be the thing on podcasts at the moment. I see a lot of hosts doing that. So I thought, <laughs> just to be like Bartlett. Um, but yeah, in terms of what people listening and watching this on YouTube think, what's your view? What's what's your take on the market at the moment? What's your forecast for six months, for six years, if you can forecast that long? But what's six months, 18 months look like? What are you thinking long game? What information do you want to know? What guests do you want to get on? And we will go out and get them on here. And what other investment areas as well should we be um, discussing? Because we've got some really good guests lined up we keep the property theme as the foundation here, but if you want a curveball, just yeah, as the world has yeah. changed, doesn't it? We've yeah. gone from earning nothing on your savings to earning six percent on your savings practically overnight. So, where are our listeners putting their chips? I'd love to know that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've got some chips, and I'd like to put them somewhere. <laughs> so, give us a shout. <laughs> <laughs> what's um? What's your thoughts on second half of the year? For the rental market, do you think much of the same? Do you think we're expected to see a change? What sort of conversations you having with landlords at the moment that you're talking to on valuations? So I think with the rentals market, it's just going to continue to be to be a hot market, especially with the way things are at the moment, where people need to go into rental accommodation because the interest rates are so high and they can't afford to to buy a property, um, or they're holding out just to see what what happens because they're a little bit a little bit nervous. So the demand is still going to be there and and that 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 will increase now with supply it all depends on what on what happens like you said earlier we're we're sort of in a a month to month outlook on things now we can't predict what's going to happen in six months 12 months or whatever we're not in that sort of situation now so really it depends what what landlords want to do what information they're seeing are they getting the correct information or are they just paying attention to to the negative media news that always seems to be there? Um, or are they going to speak to people that's actually involved in in the industry and and come up with a plan for their for their investment? Um, so yeah, it, it all depends. See, I can't sort of say specifics about about the supply, but that with rental prices increasing, with the demand for rental properties still there 
you know, we're, we're looking at double inflation rates now for the 15 consecutive months in, in rentals. We're, we're at an average of 10.4% now inflation on, on, on rentals. So it's either going to stay at that level or increase slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's just hard to tell. It's, it's hard to tell, but there is still an investment opportunity there for rental, for rental properties, you know, like talking about the sales market, you know, there's going to be properties out there that are selling at a discount, you know, where they can, there's still properties that you can get a good price, um, reduced price. And then with that, you can rent it out. You'll probably see the appreciation on that rental, um, on that property as well over the, over the coming years. So it depends the, what the your goal is to, to be specific. I think the opportunity there is where one landlord needs or one potential, I say, help to buy type owner needs to exit if you've got cash. Yeah. Cash to 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 walk in and do that fast. That's potentially where an opportunity is. I mm. don't think right move will reflect that opportunity. No. As a as a broader spectrum, I don't think we'll see that opportunity come through through right move but there will be those who just go do you know what i can't won't don't want to pay six seven eight percent what what are my options mm-hmm. and if you're sat there with cash you can give someone an option currently so i spoke to my or i were accountant about 90 minutes before this podcast we're having a little chin wag about accountancy stuff and then um i said to him about he's asked me what's going on with the property market he's a landlord himself he's a property owner and um, I said, look, you know, interest rates are obviously way higher. I said, I've got a remortgage due at the start of next year. So, you know, my fear factor sits there as well in terms of what the interest rate looks like that I'm going to be paying. You know, the chances are I'll probably be paying about £1,800 a month more than what I'm paying today. That's a big amount of money. Mm, yeah. you know, that's a lot of money extra. I'm talking about the best of two grand a month more than what I'm paying today on my mortgage. And he was kind of looking at it and he said, yeah, at the moment, I'm just basically trying to overpay, overpay, overpay on his mortgage to, to get the, the cost down. That's the accountant's view of it. Whereas I'm driving in the car after having a conversation with a broker this week, the webinar this week, and I'm thinking, well, if I'm going to have eighteen hundred pounds two grand a month more yeah i could use my savings to pay it down it's not gonna it's not gonna get me eighteen hundred pounds a month back unless i clear the whole mortgage obviously i can't afford to do that so my thinking is how do i use my savings to invest to offset the eighteen hundred pounds and the only way i can do that is for investing it in areas that's going to give me a return so if I'm looking at my savings pot at the moment and thinking, well, what if I buy some of these auction properties, some of these cheaper properties, some of these distressed sellers where there's an opportunity on an interest only mortgage? Now that the affordability, we've got rents, you know, rental valuations that stack up at high numbers. If I do that a couple of times and I'm making three, four, five hundred pounds on a couple of these smaller investments not around here it's not going to work around it it has to be up north um, or midlands sort of area or shrewd purchasing but all of a sudden i could just mitigate that and have assets or i burn through my savings to pay off my mortgage to still pay more and it doesn't help me it saves me a couple hundred quid so the way i'm looking at it and the reason why i raise it on this podcast is there's two ways you look at the reserved culture of it overpower your mortgage try and get it down so it's less 
you can't do that in nine months in in 12 months to make a difference mm. you, you can't overpay more than 10 percent on your mortgage anyway so you, you physically can't make that much of a difference or you can invest your savings whether it's jv in or whatever and you can start to make more money of income like we were talking about at the start increase your turnover level knowing that your costs are going to go up and it's the way that a shrewd business would look at something and go right costs are going to go up over the next 24 months we need to increase our turnover how do we do that typically it's investing you invest in staff you invest in tech um, or you diversify and bring in extra revenue streams it's exactly the same for a personal household so if we diversify we invest in more of the stocks and shares markets or high interest savings or different types of areas that are going to give us a monthly return to mitigate the cost or we start investing in assets like property that gives us the ability to increase the margins and that might mean that we have to go a bit risky you might have to go for the the hmo free bed terrace on reading you know <laughs> high street with no parking. Yeah. you might look at it and go Oh, it's disgustingly horrible as an investment, but uh, turn it into a six bedder and it costs you 300 grand and all of a sudden your 1800 pounds a month disappears. So bigger picture, what's the goal? We always talk about what's the goal. Yeah, yeah. If the goal is to mitigate 1800 pounds in my case, is that a better way of doing it? Yes. Is it going to take a little bit of time, effort, energy to do that for me? Yes, more. It's not a passive investment. You know, it, it wouldn't be at all. But does it solve the problem in the way that I need it solved? The answer would be yes. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just important to open people's thought processes in that way as well. Yeah. Because I think that's quite topical for the middle age bracket at the moment, our age bracket, you know, with families at home, probably high mortgage levels. And they're the ones that are going to hit the hardest. It's not the people in their 50s and 60s that got 20% left on their mortgage to pay. Yeah. You know, they've got 80%. Um, loan to value or 20% loan to value it's the people that have got 100 grand in a 500 grand house and a 400 grand mortgage yeah. they're the ones that are up shit creek in reality yes. yeah so you've got to think about how you can solve it and if people have got more savings use the savings don't don't start stockpiling cash because you just burn through cash on extra costs mm. each year look at how you can invest that and have a conversation with us if you want to We'll look at different areas and i just think that's the for a business owner the worst conversation you can have right now is with an accountant <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. sorry darren <laughs> about investing look after the business make me tax efficient but when it comes to actually making more turnover that's not a conversation to have with an accountant mm. in reality is it you know it's just not yeah so yeah i just thought that was an interesting point to share thoughts well it comes back to how much savings you've got. Years ago, I don't think... Are offset mortgages still a thing? Offset mortgages used to be a massive thing where regard, depending on what how much savings you have, that would offset the interest rate on your mortgage. So if you're paying 6 and 7% on your mortgage, but you're getting seven, 6 and 7% on your savings, well, you're at square one still. Nothing gets any worse to you if you've got high levels of savings. But otherwise, yeah. The, the point is you have to work harder to get further ahead. And what we know, what we've learned from running this business is 90% of people, you can put out the material, 90% of people go, yeah, that's a good idea, and then never take action and complain about it. 10% of people will take action and will go from being one step ahead this year to 10 steps ahead in two years' time when 
everything calms down and goes back to normal again. It's just the way of the world, isn't it? Mm. Any change creates a market, which is an old estate agency owner once taught me when I first walked through the doors. Markets make a market. Exactly. A, a market creates a market, which means regardless of what the change is, there's a new opportunity. You just have to find that positive mentality, which says, okay, there's a way I can make this work better. And you've just illustrated yeah. one of the ways of making it better. And to be honest, I hadn't got to the HMO in my head until just soundboarding that as we were going then. But it's an example. You don't want to buy HMOs. Yeah. I'm, I'm not buying a HMO, <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> but I, if it works, like but it's, it's, option, it's an option. It's you an have option. to look at your options. And, you, and sometimes you have to, investing shouldn't be led with opinions yeah i don't that, i was just about to say and i've just i was about to say exactly the same thing i don't want to i'd put myself in the 90 percent immediately because of preconceived ideas yeah. i can i can buy that hmo 200 miles away in pontifract where we know a fantastic agent who will look after it and will never go there yeah that's the top 10 percent opinion i did go running there yeah. but other than that you wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to do this episode to basically Share some opinions. We know we haven't given everyone uh, huge amounts of answers there, but I think these are the questions that people should be asking themselves at the moment so they can start planning ahead for what comes next. And it almost gives you the ability to start to look at some foundations, start to look at some plasters, start to look at some options for what may turn into the next market. So it's an opinion-led podcast, but hopefully people have enjoyed it. And we really want those comments. We really want to know what people are thinking. Yeah. So whether you're watching this as a social media clip, um, whether you're listening to it on Apple, Spotify or any others, please comment, let us know. Um, chuck it in a review, chuck it in a comment uh, or come to us directly via the website. You know, We've got 20 quid, says the first comment, says the market drops 35%. Fortunately for us, <laughs> 20 quid on it. If it's social media, if it's TikTok, you will get that. But I think, fortunately, on, on our listeners on the actual podcast itself, on the audio, I think they're probably shrewder. Um, we'll see. More, we'll test ed it. more educated yeah. than that. <laughs> but prove me wrong if you want. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're back next Friday with another episode of The Investor's Corner. Thank you for listening and watching. And uh, keep those comments coming in. Why have we made The Investor's Corner podcast, Ian? I think online at the moment, there is just way too much noise, waffle and nonsense. Everyone's got an agenda. So the goal was to make a podcast for people that want to invest money in property or other areas where there's no waffle, there's no nonsense, there's no agenda. It's opinion led, but it's an honest opinion. And it might not be the right answer, but we're going to share it. So on the podcast, we're going to supply people with access to mortgage brokers, financial advisors, planning experts, development consultants, everything around the property industry and the wider fields. Yeah, so if you're looking at investing in the future, you know that just having an income from your employer or from your business is not enough to give you the life that you want down the line. We're gonna hopefully give you some of those answers that will give you the solutions you need for the future. So please hit the subscribe button. The more subscribers we get, better guests that we can get on and the more people that we can reach. So hit subscribe. <laughs>